With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Mm, I'm just going to bask one more time in that, that I get to say that all by myself. Uh, <laughs> okay. My name is Travis Bean, and today I have a very, very special guest with me. This is your first time as a guest, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think it's my first time as a guest. Long-time listener, first-time caller kind of thing? Actually, no-time listener. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You've never listened to the show, uh, which which is why, that's why the quality is so good, because Chris is always not listening to it and always not giving me feedback on what we should fix. So that's why, you know, it's top-notch. Um, but today, we have a very special discussion to have with this Long-time listener, or not, no-time listener, first-time caller. It, he's got some stuff to get off his chest. We've been talking about Jesus King of all these other people, and it seems fitty that we're finally going to be talking about Jesus King with our very special guest, Chris Lambert. How are you doing today, Chris? Oh, my God, Travis. Oh, my God. So I excited know. to be here. You know, I, I, being in the same room with me is crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get it all the yeah. time. Yeah, big fan of yours. Is, it's, nice to be, it's nice to be chatting. You know, it, yeah, it, it's like Kanye, then me, then Clay. Oh yeah, Clay Z is up there. Someday you'll meet him. <laughs> Someday, <laughs> just not those text messages. <laughs> yeah, and not just nudie pics that he sends you. Like he's, you guys are gonna meet face to face. Can't wait! It's gonna be brilliant. <laughs> and I'll be like, you sir look like Jay Z. <laughs> Just rib but, him a little bit. But clay ear. <laughs> clay ear. <laughs> uh, so Jesus is King came out roughly 10 days ago, and um, I listened to it. I released my solo episode, which is very strange for me. I'm sure, Chris, I don't know, do you have any experience just talking to nobody for hours on end? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Being so an only maybe child. This okay, maybe this isn't that weird to you. Um, I, uh, I'd get in front of the mic and just talk about how I felt about something, which was surprisingly easier than I thought it was, but at the very end did make me feel like an insane person. Um, <laughs> and then after that, it was really fun to talk with a bunch of different fans, Kanye fans about their reactions to Jesus is King. They all had like different angles they were taking on it. It was really fun. And we were saving you for last because... I don't know what angle you're going to bring to it. I don't know if you'll have anything to add to the show, but like you're the wild card and I feel like you're going to, we're going to get something unique from you. Yeah. I 
tried dating a girl in college one time and she's like you know who you remind me of and i was like who she's like the charlie guy from always yeah. sunny <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that yeah i was like you mean the guy that's like a homeless stalker that's always dirty and doesn't shower and she's like yeah but he's funny I'm like, well, okay <laughs> just the I'll funny part it. okay yeah you take that for sure take it. um and I would also love to get Charlie Day in here, but for now we got Chris. Like, that'll do. Uh, I'm sure his perspective is also valuable, and we're just gonna get into it. We're gonna jaw about Jesus King. Whatever road we go down, we go down. You know, that's that's the beauty of this show. There are no rules. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing that makes it beautiful. <laughs> the, the only rules we have are uh, we have to talk about Kanye. That's rule number one. Two. We have to delay talking about Kanye for at least five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and three, Patrick Swayze has to come into the equation somehow. We break rule three all the time, but you keep trying to enforce it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris keeps cutting it out of the show. I do force the conversation every time, but you guys just don't get to hear it. Um, although we are going to be releasing a special bonus episode. It's going to compile all of our Patrick Swayze discussions at, once we finally you know, close up shop. Can't wait. That's what I keep promising Travis. Just keep promising <laughs> Travis. Uh, okay. So, Jesus is King. Um, this will be good because I've had 10 days to think about the album. And I've been balancing out the people that are on the show, but I haven't been going too deep into like what my listening experience has been over time. So, we're going to start from the very beginning. We're going all the way back to Friday, October 25th, 25th right? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty fifth. Um, where, where are you? What's going on? What What's happening with you? <laughs> so I was on a boat. And I was going fast and uh, Pashmina <laughs> Afghan. Um, is, mm-hmm. is that still like a reference people know? Is I know it. Okay. I feel I like I don't know. I don't know it. You don't know I'm on a boat. Oh, oh, oh! I know I'm on a boat, but I guess I don't. I don't know the lyrics that well. Well, that's something that you need to change. Uh, vociferously? I don't know what that word means, but it sounded right to it you. It sounds um, right, yeah. So I was, on, I was on my honeymoon, and we were doing like a cruise, which I'd never done before, but it seemed like an easier way than trying to take trains all over the place in right, Italy. I'm going to stop you right there. What kind of cruise are we talking about? How big is this boat? How many people are on it? I think it was like 700 people. It was small. 700. And oh, that's that's small. Yeah, most of them have like Ooh. 1,000, 2,000 people. Mm. Um, so this was smaller. And we were like the youngest people on the boat. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else was like 50s, 60s, 70s, mm. 80s. I have um, more questions, by the way, so don't move on from the boat yet. Yeah. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was interesting because... It was a lot of like, oh, we have a show tonight for everybody. It's a ventriloquist. <laughs> what if what if you showed up to the ventri- ventriloquist show and it was Kanye with a puppet? Or dummy, or whatever they call him. Uh, I feel like dummy's offensive. Uh, puppet. <laughs> uh, a string people. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to get a lot of one-star reviews from dummies. <laughs> Puppets. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. String, string people. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I, I don't know. I'd probably go 
go to both shows, the six thirty and the eight thirty. You would just sit quietly in the crowd and not say anything. Yeah, uh, mm. I would then give a standing ovation, uh, shout for an encore, <laughs> and then uh, flash. <laughs> I would flash. Oh, what what does that mean? You know how at like concerts, people like girls would like flash like the rock stars with like their the cameras and their phones. Yeah, Travis, with their cameras and their phones. Uh, just, okay, so they would take a picture. That's how I say it. Yeah, some flash photography. I would okay. flash photography Kanye. All right, so you would flash Kanye with your uh, cylindrical thing that you used to communicate with people. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> That's what would happen. Where were we going with this? Okay, you're on a boat. Uh, what's going on there? Uh, so this was a at-sea day. Uh, we had just been to Oh, Genoa. wait, you mean at sea, not sea day. So an at sea day. Yes, like a day you where... <laughs> you weren't at something called sea day. No, no, we were at sea day. It was a day at sea. Okay. <laughs> you need to brush up on your cruise terminology, Travis. Look, I hate to keep interrupting, but I want to make everything make sure everything's crystal clear for our audience because they don't know you. You're just you're a first time guest. Like I don't want anyone to be tripped up. <laughs> yeah. So we're in like Genoa, Italy, and then they take us down to Salerno, and we did like a a big excursion where we went to the Amalfi Coast, uh, drove two hours to the Amalfi Coast, and then mm. went to Pompeii. Okay, that's pretty um, big. Yeah. So you know, you leave at eight a.m., you get back at six p.m. And that was the 24th. So the 25th, we just had nothing. It's just like all day you're on the boat, wandering around in the middle of the water. Mm. And, you know, the album was supposed to come out. So Uh I just was sitting there for most of the night, like in bed while my wife was asleep, like waiting for the album to come out. Okay, so it's nighttime where you are. Yeah, um, I checked, it was, we were six hours ahead, mm-hmm. so I got up at 5 a.m. Um, because, we were six hours ahead of central time, mm-hmm. so I got up at 5 a.m. Uh, because that was going to be midnight, so, and I had to buy, like, an internet package, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was just like, all right, I'm ready to, like, tweet and be part of this, we have nothing to do all day. And then it's just like hanging out, hanging out, hanging out, nothing, 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 lots of more nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, (laughs) Finally, Consequence tweeted that it was going to be noon, Mm -hmm. that he had submitted the album. And I was just like, all right, fuck yeah, that gives me some hours. So noon, my time was 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. And we had dinner like our dinner time on the cruise was five fifteen, so <laughs> that's well. We those old people dinner. they got to eat earlier so they can get to bed. Absolutely, that was a yo. Most of them like were going. Like I went to the gym oh. the one day and it was just filled with people on like the treadmills and like the ellipticals, wow. just like pumping and sweating. <laughs> they were going to like dance parties. They were doing long hikes. Like oh man, they uh they were active. But they made you look old. They did. So we're sitting at dinner with like a couple from Australia, a couple from New Zealand, and I 
the album comes out, like I get the text that the album's out and I can't just rush away. Yeah, you can. Um, you know, I'm trying to play cool and be like, oh, honeymoon is primary. <laughs> like, see, honey, you over Kanye. <laughs> things that you have to things you have to do on your honeymoon sure okay we um but i was trying to download the album i had deezer open and my internet was going so slow so like the 45 minutes that we were at dinner it downloaded every hour and that <laughs> that was that was all that it got oh man that's a bummer so I'm just like I was I was able to get Twitter to work, but I could barely get web pages to load. I couldn't get any videos, I couldn't get any music to play. Like it was really frustrating. So we got back to the room after dinner and I was just like, "Oh no, I'm going to have to wait." And Marie holds up her phone and she was able to download it all. Oh, really? Yeah, so AT&T when you're on a cruise is much better than T-Mobile. Oh, that's what I got. You have AT&T? I do. I uh, married into it. <laughs> yeah, so if you're ever in Europe, you win. Um, <laughs> so I was able to listen to the album once through and then had to go back to like making Honeymoon primary. <laughs> uh, that was only 26 minutes too, so you weren't gone that long. No, not long at all. Not long at all. So we were watching Shit's Creek, so I just let Marie mm. watch an episode by herself. And then... Uh, I came back to it, but it it was like three hours later, she was finally just like, all right, I'm going to bed. And by that time, it had finally finished downloading on my phone. <laughs> it just took a few hours. And uh, that's when I really just got to sit down and listen to it repeatedly. So I think I started at nine and I went to bed that night around one. and was just listening Ooh. to it the whole time. So you're up for like a solid 20 hours. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long time. Oof. Okay. And okay, so we I I'm a terrible interviewer. Let's back up for a second. You listen you're listening to Jesus is King. Your wife's watching Shit's Creek. Shit Creek? Shit's Creek? Shit's Creek. Shit. Okay, it be, the creek that belongs to shits. And so okay, so you're sitting there, it's just one lesson like what is your immediate reaction? I Dug the production right away. And I'm always scared on the first listen of every new Kanye album that I'm going to hate it. <laughs> That's uh, always my fear. It never happens. But I uh, I really liked... It was darker than what I thought it was going to be in terms of the production. Especially after hearing some of the Yandi leaks. I thought everything was going to sound more like everything we need in water. Um, where it didn't really... Uh, like I didn't listen to really any of the Jesus is King leaks before. So I hadn't heard Sela when it was chakras or anything like that, or no use this gospel as chakras. Wasn't it? Um, I had it listened to Sela. I had it listened to closed on Sundays. I had it listened to chakras, um, at all. So I didn't really know what to expect. And the fact that Sela and Follow God and Use This Gospel and Hands On were as kind of bleak production-wise or mm -hmm. stronger production-wise than what they than say Water and Everything We Need was surprising to me, but also 
much more the style of production that I like and enjoy. So I was, I was way more happy with that. Yeah. So like on that first listen, uh, so I, I talked about it on my episode that I feel like my first listen was kind of tainted and I was very, I didn't know how I felt about it because I had like my scholar hat on and I was like, all right, let's understand this shit. And I went in thinking like th- with the mindset I have about Kanye albums without remembering that like it's the first listen and like I'm not going to get everything and I should have just enjoyed it. Uh, was that, what was your listening experience like? Were you just there to enjoy it and like experience the music or were you, were you trying to pick apart details like right away? Uh, a little of both. I think usually when I listen to something for the first time or watch something for the first time, I'm pretty casual about it, looking for the moments that kind of pop out to me and going from there. So I wasn't necessarily trying to analyze every single lyric or listen as closely to every single lyric, but just kind of catching what came up and giving like close attention to everything. But it wasn't um, like a stranglehold on, all right, what was that? What was that? What was that? Okay. I need to go Mm -hmm. back. Okay. He said that he said that, how's that connected to this? It was more just kind of catching like, all right. So he is like fired up. Oh, he's yelling at his dad. Okay, not very <laughs> Christ-like. Hmm. He's also kind of angry on this song. Okay. Um, on God. Like, oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, wait. What about 350s in taxes? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, that was the one line hearing, like, the 350 in tax mm-hmm. line that when I first heard it, I was just like, that might be the dumbest Kanye lyric I've ever heard. Um just it felt absurd in a way so i was glad when i eventually circled back around it was just like okay he's making a big deal about this as it transitions into everything we need and there's this contrast between the two i didn't really get that at the time but sure i was just kind of like isn't isn't that funny that like we we hear connie lyrics like that for the first time and like that's the reaction i mean thinking back to like taylor swift like what were we like what was the point of freaking out about that because like we know kanye intense that like there's meaning behind that line there's meaning to the narrative like kanye sings about like cheating on kim and we know he doesn't like there's a point to all of that that's kind of the weird thing right like we are i think of anybody two of the people that you would think would be the least susceptible (laughs) to thinking kanye's being shallow in (laughs) with a lyric but yet, even on first listen, I don't know if it was the same for you, there's still that immediate, like, oh, oh, what? Oh, totally. Um, and if you never look deeper to it, I get why people would be like, oh, the lyrics aren't as good. But then you start to realize what it's doing, and it's like, well, the lyric might not be poetic. It might be crude, but is it that also part of the, the charm of it? Like, that crudeness is part of the character, and the tone that he's trying to convey at this point. He's not trying to be poetic and deep because he wants to show the ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think the big thing I've gathered from talking to everybody about the album is, like, we all have different relationships with Kanye, and some of us, like, really idolize him and put a lot of stake in him. So if he does something that disappoints us, like, it affects us. Um, and sometimes, you know, we have the scholarly hat on, the the 
academic critic hat, you know, and we can look at the lines from a, a more objective standpoint and see that like, okay, it like means something different. I've just found that like when your life is Kanye, you know, when you're as big as a fan as everybody in the show who's come on is, you can tend to be like more critical and like care more and like be more judgmental <laughs> and uh, have less sense about a line like that. Like that's just what he kind of does to you when you're in that deep. When I can see that because it was a different experience this time on the flight back. I ended up listening to Kanye's whole discography start to finish because, you know, we left uh, Venice at seven thirty in the morning and had one flight from Venice to Frankfurt at like 11 to one. Right. Mm-hmm. And then another flight from Frankfurt to Houston that took off at like, 2 p.m. Hell. Hell. But <laughs> it didn't land until 7 p.m. Texas time. So it was something like a, a 10 or 11 hour flight. <laughs> and Ugh. then had another flight from Houston back to Austin that ended up because of storms having to circle around and go further oh, north. Yeah. And um, Gary Clark Jr. was on the plane. Wait, really? But- yeah, wow. he 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 walked onto the plane, and I saw just this tall guy wearing like carrying a broad brimmed hat, and I then noticed all the rings on his finger, and put together like, oh yeah, that's Gary Clark, and he was standing right by me, and I just went like, oh, oh nice, hey, <laughs> and he oh you said this like, to him? I said it to him, <laughs> and he kind of like. Gave like a small, awkward, like smile, nod, and then walked on. That's what I would do. Yeah. Um, But listening to the discography in that like 24-hour period or 12-hour period or 80-hour period, it felt like, um, it was, especially with the amount of conversation we have with people on Twitter and just how much you and I have been trying to understand more, not just, as you said, our scholarly academic perspective on the lyrics and what he's been doing, but more so the relationship that people have with Kanye. And it really was startling listening to college dropout and late registration Mm -hmm. and thinking about Kanye as the voice of like people in Chicago, the voice of like this black experience that he had had and what some people must really feel in that comparison from like this guy spoke for me to mm-hmm. now lacking that connection to what he speaks about and speaks for and it, it hit differently on that time of just attempting to have that kind of appreciation for um what Kanye means to some people and why an album like this or some of the previous ones just might not be what they wanted it to be um, mm-hmm. and why that disconnect might exist. Even if for us, it's just gotten stronger because it appeals to like our sense of artistry and our sense of narrative construction. And uh, we like just watching his journey and what he's going on from more of a detached perspective or associating more with the ambitious aspects or the ambition or 
the drive to succeed and the journey that he's gone on in that way far less than him as a voice for us and our experience. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and I guess we can get into this now because this is something we've done of all the other guests although all the other guests had been on the show before this is your first time so this is a fresh perspective with you um <laughs> it, you know you talk about this relationship people have with kanye like obviously we have like hundreds of episodes that you can go back and like everyone knows how you feel about kanye but like compared to like how most people do feel about kanye and how they feel like he isn't their voice anymore like the last couple of years of kanye and everything he's gone through like what is he to you and how does that affect your listening experience of Jesus is King once you go back through all those albums and come back to it like what perspective are you coming in on that listen again with mm. it's interesting because you know I'm at a point now where I'm 32 years old and I'm still like on the grind for the success and the achievement and the breakthrough that I want, right? Mm -hmm. um, my main goal is literature, uh, poetry. Like, I want the Pulitzer. I want the Nobel. Like, I want to be known as and remembered as one of the best novelists and not just of my time. Mm -hmm. But the path to get there is difficult, especially just the amount of time it takes to write a novel <laughs> uh the ability to write a novel and the time that it takes to like gain that ability just to do that and then to further it and do it well uh kanye with what he's done in terms of changing up the styles on every album has always appealed to me because that's always been the aesthetic that i've had in my art style but also just flexibility is something that I've always appreciated in life um, and that multitudinal ability to do this thing and this thing and this thing and just kind of, I guess, sample mm -hmm. and the way that he samples on a song, but the way he tends to sample in life as a whole. It's been, he's always been uh, aspirational to me. Just he came from a place where he wasn't supposed to achieve what he achieved and he's been able to do it in original ways and continue to do it at this high level. And that's exactly what I want to do. But seeing him on Jesus is King, almost circling back around and especially seeing it on his discography as he's looked to settle down more. And right. we started seeing that on Jesus we saw it very like clear on the life of Pablo and then again on Ye and now on Jesus is King where it feels like Kanye's life was an outward funnel and like an opening. And now he's starting to in some ways close the borders a bit or 
uh, narrowed down what it is that's most important to him, like family and faith. And he has Yeezys, he has his music, like these are the things that he's going to do and pursue. It's strange to see somebody that felt like this fountain of like indomitable and like nonstop energy and power and achievement really starting to refine Mm -hmm. and not just slow down might not be the right word, but um, find a sense of peace that wasn't present. Um, And then saying like, okay, if there was a tension to Kanye and now there's this palpable sense of peace and I feel that kind of connection to Kanye's aspirational efforts. Does that mean that there's been this tension that I've been experiencing too? And what does that mean for me in finding a sense of peace? Mm -hmm. And do I have to achieve before I can find that sense of peace? Or if I find that sense of peace first, does that mean I'll never achieve? Hmm. Yeah. I think it it must be the age because I'm going to be turn 32 this week and I can relate to like pretty much everything you're saying. Um, not that like we're directly in line of Kanye kind of is like what 44, 43 now. What is he? Uh, like he's, he's on a different journey, but like at the same time, he's had such a ramped up lifestyle in a way that like we can't relate to. Like maybe we are in this similar place where you start to, take stock of everything you know Kanye got married not too long ago just like we did and I I feel like that's been a big part of it for me is like kind of winding down our youthful years like in the cities and everything like we're thinking about moving to suburbs starting a family like you really do start to look at yourself and take stock of all the decisions you make and like consider everything like now I'm at this point where like I don't really want to drink as much anymore and like and I'm constantly self-conscious about like what I'm putting in my body and like how healthy I'm being like all these little things keep adding up and it it does become very reflective and you start to feel like mature in a way that has never happened before like maybe you've always been mature you know like you're a good upstanding human being and like you're empathetic and progressive but you like the maturity I feel now is like more of a, a natural feeling like like I'm on life put me on a path to how I'm seeing myself and how I'm seeing the world right now. And that I, I'm with you there. I, I see that on this album, like Kanye's in a different state, you know, the life of Papa is a, a mature album because he learns that family's important. Like, okay, great. Like that's part of the story. But to me, like the story on Jesus is keen. Like he, he kind of is existing in this maturity. And yes, he has like some issues on the album that they say overcome. Like he has a bit of an ego, but by the end of the album, by the, you know, by the time Jesus is Lord is happening, it, it feels like a different Kanye to me. He feels like, like you said, very much at peace. Yeah. There's that sense that you get with that idea of the tension and then the, the calmness and that tension so present and Sela follow uh, God closed on Sunday and on God. And there's such a, a release that happens on everything we need and water and God is and even hands-on, instead of turning combative in the way that Closed on Sunday is, has this, uh, like, pray for me. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like criticize me sure but like do you not have any love do you not have prayer in your heart like i want to be part of this um moving in to use this gospel and then jesus is lord there's such catharsis that -hmm. happens and i don't know if i've ever really felt that with a kanye album i I feel like it was part of the intention of yay maybe Mm -hmm. um but yay is more about like all right i'm trying to be better not necessarily finding peace and kitsy ghost is about realizing that you know you can live with your demons and it's going to be okay but that doesn't necessarily necessitate peace either right it just Mm -hmm. necessitates hope (laughs) um so it was it's been interesting thinking about just that aspect of it like what's it mean if kanye is like finding peace and given like the connection that each individual has with kanye like can you appreciate that piece what does that piece mean to you um is this an album that for some people they're going to come back to maybe they're 22 now they come back to when they're 30 and for some reason then it clicks for them maybe there's somebody right. that just loves the production right now or loves some of the lyrics right now but there's going to be deeper intent like i feel like it's like that with a lot of albums just in general like a lot of people could love 808s and heartbreak and then lose a parent and then suddenly it's just like oh okay yeah okay yeah i know what you mean the the feeling you had at the end where like it felt different like it was a different kind of catharsis because like say take a my beautiful dark twisted fantasy like the catharsis that is at the end of lost in the world like catharsis is really just any sort of like finite feeling right it doesn't necessarily have to be good um it's whatever like next step you take at the end of a journey, like whatever, whatever becomes fulfilling at the end. And I guess that's always been easy to pinpoint at the end of a Kanye album because there's such stories. Like in a lot of ways, it doesn't even sometimes sound like you're like the character is Kanye. The character is, you know, it's this exaggerated version of Kanye. The character is Jesus. It's like this other entity. That's just like, it does reflect Kanye, but like, is also its own character. Um, even on Ye, like I, I feel that a little bit where Violent Crimes is like classic Kanye. Like it isn't like a happy song to end on. It's more of just like a foreboding song or something like, all right, all right, this is the next step to where it's like, Jesus came to me feels like I'm reading somebody's journal. Like it doesn't, there is a story there and I'm excited to talk about it, but it's a very different kind of story. It really does feel like Kanye is the main character and he's just sitting about his life and understanding the narrative on the album becomes an, a, a better understanding of Kanye. And I just don't think we've had that before in this way. Like, of course I understand Kanye more after I listen to Ye, but there's something different when it's like this personal, you know? Well, that's one of the, I think that's something that's going to come up throughout the season as we're doing the Jesus is King season is we talk so much about uh, Kanye's discography as a story in and of itself, Mm. given that his albums tend to detail the period of time between albums, right? So Mm -hmm. college dropout told kind of his whole story up until uh, releasing college dropouts. And then 
uh, late registration is that time after college dropout came out and him reflecting on, all right, now that I'm famous, what's this like? And then graduation is now that I'm super fucking famous, what's this like? And then each one just takes place in the time period after that. And you see this onset of the extra ego, the celebrity character or the celebrity persona that gets built up over time and really comes to the forefront on my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. And I'm not saying that Kanye planned all of this out or maybe was even intentionally thinking about it, but it's just fascinating. You go from college dropout and late registration that were so personal and autobiographical in a lot of the songs, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are still fictionalized, right? Like family business, as personal as that seems, <laughs> it wasn't Kanye's story. It was just right. capturing this idea and the feeling that he wanted at that time. Um, compared to say like crack or not crack music, drive slow, which mm-hmm. really is autobiographical of what he experienced and dealt with. But you see that autobiography start to fall away as he gets more and more famous into graduation, into 808s and heartbreak, which is still very personal in the emotion it conveys. But a lot of the songs aren't necessarily in line with what he's talking about Mm -hmm. on say, Hey mama or all falls down or last call. And then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, when you get the onset of the fantasy, what follows? Jesus, Pablo, <laughs> these two like yeah. fantasy versions of Kanye, the characters. And then Ye is supposed to be this return to Kanye himself with the final song saying, reality is upon us. And now you finally have Jesus as king that feels way more autobiographical again mm-hmm. than those recent albums. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like we kept at the end of every, every time we finish an album on the show, we're like, what's next for Kanye? Like, what could he do? Like, you never consider that just like, oh, he's going to make a much more like humbled personal album. Like he's really just going to like talk directly to us. And uh, once again, like I'm not ready for it. Like, I think that explains why like Jesus is King was such a slow burn for me. I say slow burn. I loved it. Like the day of by the fifth listen, um, (laughs) But like, you know, he just like, that's what I love about Kanye. He always keeps you on your toes. Like he's, he's never content with just putting out the same kind of material. So I, I caught like a, a little bit of heat because, <laughs> um, you know, the tweet, right? Oh yeah. I, uh, I tweeted out and I had some stupid opening. I, I've learned that I should almost always delete like the first like clause or, like throat clearing, but it was like, all right, I'm just going to say it. Like (laughs) Jesus is King is a 10 out of 10. Like it may not be the album that you want, but uh, it's doing enough, like fascinating things has the concept and like continues to put Kanye in the forefront of uh, artistic minimalism and nuance in hip hop. And uh, I still feel that way, Mm -hmm. but I, it did hit me like that first night. I feel like I really liked the album by the time I went to bed. And then the next day when I was listening to it again, uh, on some of the like bus rides between the excursions, Mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, 
you know what, <laughs> this album is is doing enough. I'd started to put together some of the the connectivity between things um, and understanding some more of how the songs resonated with one another that I felt good about that. So I still think 10 out of 10. All out Kanye albums are 10 out of 10s to me, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got dragged into the heat. You were experiencing Did by the you? Way. a little bit. Um, there were a couple uh, tweets I got, and the, one in particular I know was a big fan of the show, and I don't mean anything against him, but he basically came at me and said, "Like, because I think I had a tweet that said Jesus King reminded me a lot of Jesus, and not just in like the tone of the album, because I actually do think they're pretty similar um, in subtler ways, but." Um, to me, there was something about Jesus King that struck me because it wasn't an easy listen for me. Like it wasn't like something I instantly got, which I think was true for like the life of Pablo and Ye. And not to take anything away from those albums, I think they're very complex and take a lot of time to understand. But there was something so familiar, like about like the sound and like the tone and in the kind of not I don't want to say obvious story, but like. I could tell there was a story to where it's like, I didn't see that of Jesus as Cain and the tone really threw me off because it's a gospel album and it sounds angry. Like there was so much about it. I didn't understand that wasn't easy for me. And that's why the initial reaction is to kind of repel, which I, I think probably happened with a lot of people. The, the difference is with you and me is we're going to listen to this album over and over and over. <laughs> if I ever have that reaction with another album, I'm just going to be like, okay, like not for me, I'm done. Um, but, you know, because of the show, because I love Kanye and I want to understand him, I feel like the journey with this album was similar to Jesus. So that's basically what I said in the tweet. And someone just came at me like, this is crazy. Like, everyone's excusing Kanye for this. Like, you say this. Chris says, yeah, he's a 10 out of 10. Like, you guys, or Jesus is King is a 10 out of 10. Like, you guys are crazy. And it, it again, just very much revealed to me that, like, Kanye West has like such rabid fans that like the reactions are extreme and and it's not even just your own reaction like you then become like indignant about other people's reactions <laughs> it's like the community he's built can be both frustrating and, and it's it's kind of beautiful that he drives people to those lengths yeah uh, the the responses are usually like all over the place and it's funny because i feel like i see it again and again and again like i there wasn't such a concentrated place for kanye fans i don't think prior to the life of pablo like i mean kanye to the of course like no offense mm -hmm. kanye to the but it's just <laughs> y'all are hard to <laughs> uh be part of <laughs> casually and uh even get a membership too so i think for just like a lot of kanye fans there wasn't really uh, accessible communities <laughs> and mm. I still remember though when Jesus came out that there was a lot of I saw a lot of chatter about it that was just negative and even oh yeah you know two and a half years later when we started being really active on our Kanye like there was so much Jesus hate um each time not each time but Totally. I saw it often whenever Yeezus got brought up or whenever people were talking about albums, Yeezus was just consistently at the bottom. But it started to change the more time went on. And I felt 
kind of the same thing happened with the life of Pablo. Like it was still a lot of people taking shots at, oh, you know, there's nothing to these lyrics. The beats are awesome. The production is great. Some of the songs are catchy. Like I like it, but this is definitely Kanye's like least thoughtful album, or this is the one where he just like kind of threw in the towel a lot of the time, which is still wild to me (laughs) to think that those perspectives, uh, persist but they they diminished over time hmm. and similar thing happened with yay not so much with kids see ghost just because people love the production on that so much and uh the novelty of kanye and Cuddy. but uh, it seems to be the same thing with jesus is king and it's just it's funny to me to see the cycle repeat over and over again mm-hmm. and i feel like just this one as with the others opinion is going to improve as people listen to it as they're given more time with it as they get used to what it's doing and yeah we'll see a lot of those just initial uh differences and clashes of opinion in the fan base maybe homogenize a bit yeah, I mean, I actually was going to take a screenshot of this and post it to Facebook, but or Twitter. I guess we could post it to Facebook too. Who knows? Um, but I use this website called Rate Your Music, and um, I mean, if you want any proof that Jesus was hated at the time it came out, they actually have uh, for each album they have a little chart that shows how the rating has changed over time. So when Jesus came out, it was at a let's look here. Right now, it's at a 3.62 out of 5, which maybe doesn't sound that high, but it's actually kind of high for rate music where I, people are, are a little more harsh or just uh, strict about the way they rate things. So that means when it came out, it was like at a 3.2 something, according to this chart. And now it's at a 3.62, which is the number one album for 2013 on the site. And the, let's see, on the hip hop chart, it's number 23 all time on the all time albums list. It's number 239. Like this is an album that was hated on the site when it came out. I don't even think it would have been the top 100 for the year. And now look at it. Like it's just going to keep happening with Kanye albums. And like, you can get bad in the moment and you can want to like convince somebody that it, but like, I think as you and I are pretty much finding out, like, the reaction we've had to this album, both based on like where we are in our lives and our personal journeys with Kanye. Like, I mean, that's just how it is. That's the beauty of art. That's how you react to art, the way you connect with art. Sometimes it just takes time to, to sit there and like make sense to you. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think there's some people that still might not be able to get over the the religious aspects of it because like myself i'm very agnostic um and you know i grew up i had a bar mitzvah but i was never very much like 
I went because my parents made me go. Um, even when I was a kid, I felt very agnostic about everything. But I feel like there's going to be a time where people understand or resonate with the album, maybe not because they have a religious breakthrough, but just that idea of going from a place of tension to a place of peace mm-hmm. and whatever that means to you, whether that's through Christianity, whether that's through another religion, whether that's just through maturation and, or success or growth. Um, I think that that's the role this album will play for people similar into the way that 808s and heartbreak plays a kind of emotional uh, indulgence for a lot mm-hmm. of people that are feeling that kind of blue uh, downtroddenness. And that's pretty interesting to me because I feel like a lot of, not every Kanye album does that. Like they're all their unique sonic experiences. Right. But I don't know if all of them are perfect for like a certain mood. Like I don't think My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy fits like, oh, I'm in a joyous time in my life or <laughs> I'm like feeling motivated. Like it can be that for some people, but I don't think that that necessarily is the the prevailing attitude of it. Even Yay, I don't think necessarily captures that same sense of peace. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it'll be cool for people to, and not everyone will. I'm not, I don't think everybody will or has to eventually like Jesus is King. I get why it still might not appeal to people just for the aesthetics. Maybe some of the lyrics, they can't get over something. Um, the same way that I can't get over certain things in some movies or books or albums. We all have our things, but it'll be cool for people when they finally have that connection to the sense of peace and just can view the album from that perspective. Yeah. And I think you touched on something really important is that, I mean, a big reason a lot of people don't connect with it is because they see it as a gospel album and they see Kanye saying you get like very cliche things, which I guess is par for the course when anyone's like rediscovering their faith or they feel reborn again. Like, this is kind of the language a lot of people have. Um, but I guess to me, when I listen to the sound of the album and the change in Kanye's rhetoric over the course of the album, like the flow and the narrative, I don't see anything cliched or ordinary. It's and to me, like it is a gospel album, but it's not necessarily, this will sound crazy, but like, it's not about, god in the same way like none of his albums are about like one thing you know god is the vessel through which like kanye finds peace finds catharsis finds a better way to live and that's really what like every kanye album is to me is like somebody on a path to becoming better so i think if people can start to see what the album for what it truly is and not just see it as a gospel album with like a bunch of lines about jesus and god then then maybe it'll come together for some people. Again, like you said, like maybe it won't, maybe it does that doesn't matter to some people. Maybe, you know, they just hear what they hear. They hear him talking about Chick-fil-A. <laughs> they hear him talking about God and they're like, all right, don't, I don't need that. But I mean, this is Kanye we're talking about album after album. He does this. There's something much deeper and more profound to what he's talking about than what's on the surface. That was another conversation that I had uh, with somebody on Twitter that has been fascinating to me just from the the 
thought of it or the process of it or the difference in approaches, they were talking about how they thought a lot of the grand ideas on Jesus as King are brought up, but not talked about anymore. They're just kind of there and then forgotten Mm. where I disagreed with that. Um, because I think that while the album is this gospel album that praises God, because we get that personal journey that Kanye goes on from Sela through use this gospel or Sela to Jesus is Lord. Um, that is so intimate. You get this combination of these grander ideas coming in and getting explored through the journey that Kanye goes on and the inner contextuality between like what he's talking about and hands on compared to and contrasting Sela, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe some people can't, uh, pray for him because they're still in that combative space. Um, so there's this big idea that's brought in on hands-on that's given more nuance as you juxtapose it with everything else rather than just saying like, well, he brings it up, but like, that's it. There's no more to it. It, the example that I gave was Igor being Mm -hmm. another track that was like smaller and more intimate. And the person had said that they thought Igor was a stronger album because it didn't introduce anything grand in the way that Jesus is King did. And that was actually the reason that I thought Igor paled in comparison to Jesus is King, (laughs) which that's not to take anything away from Igor. Like I I love Igor. It's still been in rotation for me for uh, most of this year since it came out. It's just, the thing that I wanted from it was it to be more than just a small intimate story, the same way that flower boy was like, I wanted there to be a larger societal point of view Mm -hmm. on it. And I think that's the next space that Tyler needs to get to is that ability to have the, the macro and the micro. And it's one of the things that Kendrick is so good at. He balances the macro and the micro very well, but I think that'll be an interesting conversation or an interesting juxtaposition is just to look at um, the difference in Igor and the difference is Jesus is King and just the scope that they have. And that's one of the things that I love about this album is that it can have the microscope that Igor has while still bringing in these macro things that Igor doesn't quite do and there's some people that will just prefer what Igor does because it's more contained and um, easier just to not easier but it makes for a I keep using all these reductive words like simple (laughs) listening experience or Mm -hmm. maybe just like a straightforward listening experience digestible yeah digestible listening experience where Jesus is king ends up being a bit more uneven Mm -hmm. but it's uneven because it's exploring both things and to me that unevenness is what gives it range and highs and lows and depth and all of its like spaces for excellence yeah and only uneven like on the surface like you're saying like the sound of it like you expect an album to be one thing and jesus king is like 10 things but it's even because like it is one story we are watching an arc a person is going through he starts in a low place and comes out on top like finds catharsis finds peace it's actually very even in that way and once you 
And once you see the motions Connie's trying to go through, it becomes like, to me, a very smooth, digestible listen. Yeah. You know, and if I, if I do have one criticism or not one criticism, but the main criticism that I'm noticing is that I think at one point early in the podcast, I don't know if the episode even exists anymore. (laughs) We talked about how Kanye never really repeats the same thing on his albums. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're starting to see him fall a bit into a routine with his structure. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, what was it? Yeezus, you start in kind of a negative place and you end in more of a positive place. Mm -hmm. Life of Pablo, you start in more of a negative place and you end in more of a positive place. Ye did the same thing. Could see Ghost did the same thing. Yeah. And this does the same thing. Like start negative and positive. And that same three one three structure gets repeated in a five one five or one four one four if you want to get more specific. But um, we're seeing some more of the repeated tricks, which I don't mind as much because each time he's doing something new with it. But are starting to see more of a pattern. Yeah, I I, I actually agree with that, and it it probably speaks to more like what you and I are each looking out of. An experience like I remember when didn't you write about uh this is 40 and how Judd Aptel used the same scene twice <laughs> yes he used, yeah he used like what what was it uh, in 40 year old version so, someone's on a bike yeah the the climactic scene in 40 year old virgin is Steve Carell tries to get back um I can't remember her name uh the actress oh but, oh yeah uh Catherine Keener what the fuck is Keener her name? yeah Catherine Keener I think that's right uh, they had been dating and then she found out he's a virgin and she freaks out and he was also doing other weird things, <laughs> but they break up and then he tries to win her back and she runs away from him and he gets on his bike and starts chasing her while on the bike and eventually crashes mm-hmm. and <laughs> she sees him crash and is like, Oh God. And runs up to him and <laughs> like helps and they're finally after the crash able to talk and work things out and then it's positive from there and this is 40 uh paul rudd is in a relationship with god i'm gonna look so leslie man thank you call me a misogynist like sexist (laughs) misogynist Uh, only remember the male actors huh yeah uh paul rudd's married to leslie man and they're 40 and the relationship hits a rut and (laughs) And they're 40 (laughs) (laughs) they start uh going in different paths and it looks like maybe their marriage is gonna end and eventually she goes driving somewhere and paul rudd gets on a bike and chases after her and then ends up crashing and she comes out and it's in the hospital that they're able to have the catharsis that like and it's just the exact same thing. The exact yeah. same thing. Judd Aptel must have hopped on a bike at some point, probably when he was 40, and chased after somebody. Maybe Leslie Mann, his actual <laughs> wife. Um, but I remember you writing about that, and I even felt that back then. Is like, I understand that criticism, but like, that definitely isn't as big of a deal to me if it's getting to a different place. I think your argument makes sense there because it's literally the exact same like arc and catharsis. <laughs> like the same thing happens. Um, to where the, I think the difference with Kanye is like the 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 arc and flow we're talking about in his albums like are typical of 
both stories to me, so it isn't that weird. It, it has to be that Cotty's achieving something different on each album, and I feel like he is, so it's less bothersome to me. But I, I do agree with you that if we get another album where, like, one half just mirrors the other half, I'm going to start to be like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like at that point it starts to feel like, all right, you, you got your thing. Do something. Like, you've been the innovator. Like, keep keep innovating. I, like, because I think literally every song mirrors, like, the opposite song, like, 2 and 10 and 3 and 9. Like, I actually think that's interesting, and I don't think that's necessarily what happens on Ye. I think it's more of, like, an arc, but not like an exact mirror into that I, I kind of see on this album. So I do find that interesting. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating when we go into the song analyses, because that was something that I was initially feeling and thinking on, but I haven't looked any closer at it to see if I like firmly agree with or disagree with if like two and 10, three and nine, like four and eight have that purposeful, like yeah similarity and contrast i guess i don't even mean like that it would be purposeful but just that and not that like there's specifics in the song like ooh, that connects with that but more that like it's such an even journey like the points he gets to at each part of the arc makes sense to me like he starts in the lowest place possible and not that it's a low place but like the lowest place possible in salah and gets to the most divine place on use gospel but uh, yeah, you're right. We'll talk about it though. Yeah. Like uh, thinking about Sella and use this gospel, like Sella's the most combative, right? Right. <laughs> um, and then use this gospel. He's legitimately reuniting two people that had been <laughs> yeah. like in combat. And, and then Kenny G blesses him with the light. Ah, uh, God, that's <laughs> going to be so fun to talk. We're about. We're getting too deep. We're getting too deep. Yeah. Too deep, too deep. Pull it back, pull it back. And just <laughs> one more thing, maybe in case somebody's yelling at us or thinking, like wondering <laughs> about album structure, narrative structure, like stories typically have to start in like a positive place, negative place or neutral. And then they have to end in a positive, negative or neutral. It's almost, I'm sure that there's like some random fourth option, but generally speaking, those are your three choices. So a story starting negative and ending positive can happen over and over and over. And there's so many ways to get there that it's, it's okay. Like that in and of itself, is it going to be a deal breaker? But like the difference between the bike scene is that it's so specifically a bike, like, and so specifically a chase and then hospital and all of that, which is kind of the difference to me Mm -hmm. though. If he just did a thing where every movie went that way but it had a different aesthetic and tone and style i think i'd probably get on board with it yeah well we are going to be talking about it very soon aren't we chris yeah what after this we do our initial overview episode before heading into our what should be a short (laughs) analysis of every hour (laughs) yeah we'll, we'll try to keep it under two hours so it'll be pretty short could you imagine if we release the every hour episode and people open it and see that it's two hours? I can, and I hope they do. I don't think it will be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. 
We can both agree on that. It shouldn't be. But, you know, Kanye's our inspiration. He's a rule breaker. But who knows, you know? Yeah. Um, so, speaking of, you know, that overview episode, winter, I don't know if we've decided exactly when it's coming out. The, the only problem is that I leave tomorrow. I'm going to California for the week, and Chris and I are going to have time to talk. So, either what's going to happen is we're going to record next Monday and release the overview episode on Tuesday. Or we're going to take a little more time and release it later that week. Maybe it will release on Fridays. I don't know. But we can we promise that it's coming out next week, you think? Yeah. I think we can, I think we can make that solemn vow to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> okay. Watch for Twitter. We'll probably have updates on there. But yeah, for now, I, I think that's pretty good. Pretty good overview of your first impression. Anything else you want to get into? Hmm no <laughs> you got a favorite song like right off the bat yeah use this gospel i think is the one that yeah. like is the is the big standout for me which might be the cliche like just ghost town on yay yeah. or um but hands-on i really love as mm. well and i'm especially excited to talk about the fact that it fucking samples the song from joker uh, and then I, I keep low key forgetting about follow God being as good as it is. Yeah. Um, too short, too short, but his flow on it and the bounce Crazy. of it, like it feels like that's a song where it's just like, yeah, yay's still like doing new things. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it has the most plays on Spotify. So everyone's like feeling it. And that line, like, what is it uh supernova for a nightlight like <laughs> oh my god oh is that the the where he says the excite bike yeah yeah it's in that section um, man it reminds me in a way of like i've always wanted kanye to do a song that's similar to the the outro of i'm in it i was just and i feel that. like follow gods yeah like the closest thing that we'll get yeah uh just as long as the outro pretty much yep and oh. then i love the weird production of closed on Sunday, like that little, yeah. like do, 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 boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I can't do it, but it feels almost like Halloweeny or like a fairy tale in its opening. Like there's something, uh, Grimm's fairy tale about it in terms of it being like light, but creepy. Yeah. Well, Chris, if you were a listener of the show, you would go back to Jordan's episode and, when he talked about that song, he was like, I don't know what it is, but when I hear that song, I picture like a bunch of people like creeping through a dark forest, like on their way to do something. Yes. Yes, exactly that. Like, it feels like you're coming onto like dark fairies in a forest doing some kind of summoning ritual. Mm, yeah. That's, uh, it, that, that was my reaction at the time. I was like, well, like good art evokes like provocative images like that. Like, even if they don't fit, like, when a song is that powerful and you know, it's art is that good. Like that's what it does. And you know, it must be doing something cool. If Jordan and I agree <laughs> about what it's doing, this is unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, the guy that loves liftoff <laughs> and bad and Superman. Yeah. Having, having, uh, the same view on what's going on. Crazy. I tell you what, well, you know what? Maybe we'll get Jordan on the episode. You guys can just like hang out and like talk about how much you love Fall Close on Sunday. 
Sounds wonderful. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that wraps up this episode, our last first impression episode. The last time you'll get to hear me by myself next week, my co-host, what's Chris Lambert. <laughs> He's going to be back on. Uh, but uh, until, but for now, Chris Lambert, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a delight. Yeah, it was nice to nice to finally uh, have this experience. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, letting me talk. My pleasure. Well, really, it was your pleasure. <laughs> my presence is a present. Kiss my ass. <laughs> um, and we're going to close up the show now. And Chris, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this. And again, you don't listen to the show, so you don't know I've been doing this. But um, we were closing out the episode with Cole, our first first impression guest and i said stay wavy and cole was like you should say stay holy and i was like okay that's good like i'll say stay holy so i've been closing out each episode saying like you know stay holy keep it loopy whatever how do you feel about this is this does that feel right to you or should we keep it wavy uh yeah let's let's uh keep it holy for this one or is it is it keep it wavy and holy I'm trying to be like clever and think about some like <laughs> other word to use, like oh, keep it wavy or keep it holy. And but the only thing that comes to mind is consecrated, which is it a very or like exorcism, <laughs> which aren't. Man, I really want to change it to keep it consecrated. <laughs> That's not a good thing to say to somebody. Like even <laughs> if it's even if it means a fine thing, somebody's gonna be like, wait, what? keep it consecrated yo uh, what did you just say to me so uh, how about this this is my suggestion one of us says keep it wavy and the other one says and holy <laughs> i'm just gonna be picturing like really religious swiss cheese <laughs> hey if that's if that's the place you need to go to to make this work i'm fine with it all right let's do it let's all right. do it well until next time stay wavy and holy yeah, Swiss cheese, yep. Yep. So much Swiss cheese. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol for the. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.